This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. Happy Thursday morning. Low energy. Everybody. Eh, you know what? CP JD, does this thing. you're too young to be low T. <laughs> I have the highest of T's. Don't you worry. I don't There's need no way the with intro. The intro. I don't need the big fancy intro to bring the energy. My T's the highest. You're bringing everybody else's T down. For <laughs> <laughs> you to... old guys got to worry about your T. I don't got to uh, worry about my T. With things with intros like this, we got to worry about it. But we'll be <laughs> yeah, okay. Agreed. I'm joined by David Bray. Here to my left, Ben Askren via satellite and also via satellite, a one James Green, your USA Wrestling Developmental Coach. James, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, can't complain, you know. Always nice to start the day early and talking about wrestling. Yeah, it's yeah. 7.15 out there in Colorado Springs, so thank you for joining us extra early this morning. We kind of wanted to chat with you because – you now have one full season as the USA Wrestling Developmental Coach kind of under your belt. Uh, your your thoughts, your reaction to how this summer went for you? Oh, man, I, I you know, I think it went as best as possible, you know, coming out, starting with the bang with the U17 team, um, kind of setting a precedent and followed up by U20 team second place um but we came away with a lot of medals and uh especially that team with how close they are to being on a senior stage you know it's uh, always a good sign to see because yeah all that stuff is relatively close you'll be wrestling those same guys going throughout the rest of your career and um i think they did great and then obviously um i, I wasn't at the senior world championships but man just to watch you know that historic performance um was it was a special moment and um yeah I'm, I'm glad that was my first year i thought about retiring with that <laughs> but uh you know i'll try and do it again <laughs> so speaking of retirement i think your retirement from competing surprised a lot of people um in your transition to coaching 
was that um, – were you thinking about that for a while or was that kind of a uh, spur-of-the-moment sort of decision? Um, no, it's it's one of those things that's kind of been ongoing. You know, as a wrestler, you, you have um, a lot of injuries um, or things that you try to control. And, um, you know, it just kind of got to the point where – it just was bothering me too much. And um, I needed a lot of good things to happen for me to perform um, at the highest level and not just perform, but train. So there was always a lot of, you know, I train hard and I need a long break Then I train hard, need a long break. So um, just to continue to do that and, you know, everything's not guaranteed with the whole being on the world team and then having to wait a year and things of that nature. Um, but, um, I actually, uh, even I think during COVID, I remember Ben got his surgery. I asked him about his, how that went. So it's been something that's, uh, been on have, my mind. Have you got that yet or no? I got it scheduled for December. Okay. So You're yeah, found somebody. <laughs> nice. You yeah. Need a new hip? Yeah. So my right hip, um, actually both my hips, um, are kind of, I had both like hip dysplasia in both my hips. I was a right leg lead, so my right hip went. And it's really when your hip socket isn't covered all the way. So anything I was doing, I was tearing at my labrum. And I had my first surgery in 2017, so uh, after I took second. Um, and it's just kind of been a ongoing things. You know, oh, I can get back to this place where I was. Um and I had my good days, my bad days, but then eventually it just kind of reverted back to where I was prior to 2017. So um, I was back to bone on bone with my right hip and my left hip is heading in that, heading in that direction. So, I mean, just a, a kind of back and forth thing, me trying to be tough and then obviously what I physically, physically could and couldn't do. So got that uh, surgery scheduled for December and plan on getting a new hip by then. For my for my thirtieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> even with the even with the hip issues, I mean, you were still wrestling really at a high level. Um, I mean, you know, b- beat Zane this year, and wh- what was it like, kind of passing the torch to a guy that went on and made the finals, helped the team win? But but I don't know, was it was was it uh, was it in the back of your head? Like, I mean, I did, I I was able to beat this guy this year. Was that something you were thinking about? Man, uh. You know, I I was always wondering how it feel just kind of watching the world championships. And uh, there's like a, a little bit of you like, oh, man, if this guy wins, then dang, that's upsetting. But I'm almost I was like kind of almost more upset that he didn't win. I'm like, oh, you know, this guy, he's <laughs> capable. <laughs> he's capable. He can win. And he had a great tournament. Um, and, you know hindsight that i wasn't planning on zane being my last match it just kind of happened that way um so you know i think that he's in a good spot to continue to be in the world team as long as he wants we do have uh we have some depth at 70 obviously with alec pantelio and um Berger and deacon so i think those guys are will do well and obviously we have some young guys you know um shoot messing break ben get in that mix oh yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's exciting to see. I want to switch gears yeah. to coaching I, a little bit. I don't oh, think that's ahead, ever going to go away, though, that, that desire. I Shit, it still bugs me sometimes. Like, want to go back to the rest of 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're gonna get your hip done. You're gonna feel good. And you're like, oh, I want to. Get oh yeah. After I, so when I got the job, <laughs> I got the job and I came out. I moved in May, so we had our senior camps and I had like three days from May to June or July. I forget when the first senior camp was, but I hadn't wrestled, so we had the senior guys in and a uh, couple guys need a partner. So there was like three days where I'm like, I had to wrestle. First day felt great. Second day felt great. I'm like, man, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't wrestle this year. Third day, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope nobody picks me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody picks yeah. me to go. So, But, yeah, the, it, it definitely – I think the world championships will always fire me up. Um, but like Ben said, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to go? I'm curious what the what the feeling was like at those age-level world championships and, and – mm. um, not just what it felt like to be leading that team, but kind of how do you approach that type of coaching and how hands are how how hands on are you with those guys as they're performing versus how much do you turn it over to their individual coaches? Well, um, I feel like with the U seventeen team, it was kind of more hands on just because um, we had you know the guys are younger; they're not really having as much individual coaches. So at camps, we did a lot, um, whether they wanted to wrestle, you know, one-on-one or talk about technique. I met, I met individually with all those guys just to get to know them. Obviously I'm fresh off the scene. So I really didn't know much about a lot of the athletes. So met with them one-on-one, you know, talked about their goals, their ideas, how they like to wrestle, what they like to do, what they like to hear from the corner. Um, and then also with the assigned coaches and personal coaches. So for U17, we had uh, Brian Tucker and Cornell Robinson. And Cornell, he's been around that age level group for a long time. So he really resonated well with those athletes and he's been around that kind of competition. Um, and then the cool thing about U17 is uh, we did have uh, my, Mike Machiavello. He came, so those guys loved him. Um, just to kind of see that senior athlete be around and help them. I think that really just kind of bought energy to those guys. And then um, also too, the, that whole team, they've seemed to kind of compete and be around each other way more times than, you know, just at camp and the world championships. So they had a kind of um, definitely team camaraderie going on, going into it. Everybody was fired up. Everybody it's like, they been around each other for years. So, that was another cool aspect. And then um, really, you know, as we got to world championships, you just kind of, kind of, there's 10 athletes, so you have to divvy it up. They did have personal coaches, um, and it's just kind of not getting in their way, whether they want you in the corner, whether they just kind of want you in the uh, back, you know, trying to scout, game plan. So um, definitely a different approach, but I enjoyed it a lot. And also – I feel like with me, obviously, I'm kind of low-key a little bit. And um, for me not to be kind of worried and not stressful, I think that they just felt cool, calm, collective. And, um, yeah, they went out and dominated. So U20 was just a a little different. A lot of those guys are going to college. So, you know, you want them to kind of get used to their college coach if they did come out um, and sit in their corner. um, And – really prepare them for that next level. 
So I think I was a little bit more hands off with those guys, but also uh, lend an ear and kind of just help manage, um, facilitate, really get into the venue, make sure they got what they need. Uh, scouting. I ran at a great team, obviously for U20. So I think that's really the, the cool aspect um, as in a coach, because me being fresh off the scene, I feel like um, even as an athlete, I'm like learning. I'm like, oh, this, you know, these wrestling is so available that these younger guys are, they're way, their levels beyond at least where I was when I was at that age. So just to hear their insight on what they think on how they should approach their match, because um, they all seem to have watched or know the guys in the bracket, which was another cool thing to see. So um, I never really was that kind of, that athlete to kind of look and watch video on people. But I felt like I, when meeting with the athletes, they all knew like, oh, this guy does this. I need to do that. Um, I need to be ready. So it's kind of like a, a lot easier. These guys are all professional. And um, I think USA wrestling is just going to be in good hands for a long time. I agree. So you, uh, hey, you guys got uh, sorry, Jay, you guys got this on the dock. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about with James. But, um, you know, we've talked about it kind of in golden era of uh united states wrestling the last handful of years and and probably still you know into that era um what do you attribute that to because you're part of it um and now you're coaching in it what do you think the factors are that are moving us in that direction so i would say this because it's it's um been repeated but getting the athletes and this is at all age levels at the training center at the same time is Obviously, it's it proves to work out a lot because back in 2017 when we won, that's exactly what happened. Cadets, I think, took second and juniors won the world championship in 2017. And we all had camp um, the same time. So obviously we had COVID, but um, I just remember that in 2017, just for the athletes to be able to rub shoulders. Um, when I was on the team, I remember seeing David Carr um, come. David Carr was there. You had Aaron Brooks was there. So you're just having these guys at a younger age being able mm -hmm. to, one, see what it takes, see what the older guys are doing um, and seeing what not to do, right? Uh, how to yeah. take care of their body, how they move off the mat, um, how to handle themselves um, in a different environment. So um, I think the more often that we all, as age levels across the board, could get together, um, and even if it's, five, 10 days, it still brings a high energy because everyone yeah. that's coming to the training center or coming to camp, they all got the same goal. Either they, they want to be a world championship or they want to be on the same team. So um, I think one cool thing that I noticed for sure, especially at this age level, was that um, Lillendahl and Bo Bassett, they worked out every day at camp. Wow. And I remember just saying like, man, I've never seen Jordan and Kyle Dake work out at camp ever. So <laughs> You know, uh, this guy just beat him. I off thought the they team. were best friends. The <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just to see that level of professionalism is um, really cool to see. And I, I, yeah, that was just one thing that, you know, blew me away. I was like, wow, these, they're serious. They take it, you know, they're treating it in day in, day out. They're trying their best to be the best, their best selves. So um, I think, you know, if we could keep doing that, and then obviously RTCs, being relatively close to colleges or even that PNL group, uh, you know, all that stuff is oh, going to take off. Nice. 
Yes, yeah, I agree. That's something we discuss a lot because it really is. You, are, James, you're probably too young to remember. We sucked for a while. Like when I was on our <laughs> team, we were we were not good. It was it was really uh, man. If we brought home a couple medals, we were kind of pumped. And now it's like this year we had freaking eight in the finals. Like that was yeah. that that never happened ever 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 ever. Crazy. Yeah. JD, where do you want to go with it? Yeah, you mentioned Jordan. We have earlier. a question in the chat talking about how or asking how influential he was to you um, both at Nebraska and then afterwards in your senior level career? Um, Man, he, you know, just to be in the room with Jordan and watch him work, it's kind of just how I was saying with the younger guys, you're just seeing what it takes to be at that high level. Um, and JB is just different. He never – he never came into practice. You, if something was wrong at home or something was wrong, you would never know. He just like was always about his work. So, um, and bought this competition factor into the room. Uh, I, I really didn't start wrestling with him until probably like my junior year. I was uh, of college, but still seeing him and watching him train for world championships or the Olympics was um, special to be a part of. And then once we started training, it was just like. Yeah, you're never done practice until Jordan's done practice. So that was pretty cool. You know, like yeah. if you go go with JB, it's always one more. <laughs> so uh, just that mindset, I think, um, to prove that, you know, whether it's practice or um, a camp or training, you're just drilling, warming up. It's like I'm the best guy in here. So, you know, I'm going to do the work until – Everyone knows that. So I think that's uh, kind of special. And obviously, JB's still going. So I think, you know, he's a legend, the GOAT in my mind. So for USA Wrestling, um, but yeah, I, I I was very thankful to be, you know, around Jordan for that time. I'm surprised to hear you say you didn't work out with him until probably your junior year because you came in right away, didn't redshirt, and took third, correct? No, I took seven, seven, third, third, seven, seven, so, third, third. But still, to to make the podium as a true freshman at yeah. the middleweight, especially like you did, how were you ready right away like that? So, well, Snyder was still wrestling Brian Snyder, so I wrestled him quite a bit. And when I fresh my freshman year, he was also wrestling Jordan. At that time, I'm like, dang, Snyder could come back and make a team because he was really <laughs> he was really good. Um, and also this is before 70 kilos. So, um, I was a small 157. I wrestled 157 during a year. And then I wrestled 66, um, for freestyle, which is crazy. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really like I, I didn't really grow into 57 until I'd say going into my junior year. Um, and I drill with Jordan, but I never like, you know, went live goals or anything. So we rolled around, but I didn't start really wrestling or putting hands on them until then. Um, and also, you know, 74 kilos back then was a day before weighing. So I definitely wasn't wrestling. Mm-hmm. He was a little big back then. Still, he's even bigger now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, so can Snyder still go with you or not? No. Oh, man, I call him every day. He's he's <laughs> saying he's better, but I tell him I can beat him. With, I beat him with two bad hips. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, hey, so as far as coaching, is this something you always saw yourself doing or is it as you your body you know is harder and harder to train on a daily basis that you you want to get into it and is it like 
this is the job for you forever or you think you want to do college coaching or club coaching or um kind of how do you think about the coaching realm um so i definitely always want to coach um i felt like i always thought i was going to stay in nebraska forever so you know i really really good relationship with brian snyder you know i just thought uh this is where i need to be um and as far as coaching college i don't know if i get into coaching unless it was at nebraska i see i like freestyle um i like the freestyle season i feel like college and this would be kind of me going back and forth but you know college you have 30 guys on the team or whatever and 10 man lineup yeah 10 of those guys are there or 10 to 12 of those guys are you know oh, i'm trying to get on this lineup the other 10 are well i'm here trying to do something, get school. And then the other 10 are just might be just appreciative of the gear and stuff like that. So, you know, just a lot of management that I feel like I've seen with my time around college. And I feel like with freestyle or being at the training center or at an RTC is like, well, obviously these guys, you know, they're coming here because they want to be here. So that just kind of takes care of that part. Um, And that's something I like about here is that, yeah, if an athlete wants to be a part of the EAP program or come out to the training centers because they want to be here. Um, so that, uh, that kind of energy, that kind of mindset takes care of the, itself, and then you just got to bring out the talent side of it. So um, I, again, I think unless it was Nebraska or uh, maybe just a good opportunity, I don't know about college, but definitely freestyle USA wrestling for the time being. Nice. I'm curious, James, like how, how much a part of your job is recruiting? Cause I, I have a feeling it's more than people realize, like both, you know, when, whether it's athletes to the EAP or getting guys to come be part of camps, or maybe it's even convincing some guys to compete at, at trials. How, how much recruiting are you doing and how, what kinds of conversations are you having with coaches and athletes about that stuff? So, um, a lot and really, so with the EAP, uh elite athlete program we have eight beds and with covid happening i think it kind of slowed down um what was happening here right because kj was here he had his last group of guys um rocky elm aaron brooks uh i forget uh the tag brothers so you know there it was kind of uh always going here and then when it slowed down i think kind of people forgot. And then also because of COVID, it just made people elevate what they had around them. So you're trying to battle uh, an athlete, you know, being basically trying to get a junior or senior in high school to kind of commit to the, the lifestyle before college. And, you know, um, that comes with a lot of dynamics, the parents side, the coaches at the club, or even the coaches at the college, right. It's, they want their if they're recruiting someone, they want that guy to either come to their school right away or, you know, jump in the lineup, be around the team, get to know what it's like because um, it's folk style. It's a college season. The college season is way different from just folk uh, freestyle. Uh, so they want to see if that athlete can, you know, get through there. So I feel like I've, I've been dealing with um, really a bunch of different things. Like I said, the parents – the college coaches and then even um yeah rtc 
And I'm going to put Ben out there, even like a Ben. <laughs> if I ask, you know, if I ask Ben, hey, you got any guys that would be interested? Obviously, Ben's been putting in work with these kids and he's building a, a great thing at AWA. So uh, we don't want to steal or feel like we're stealing or hurting anyone, but uh, definitely try to help elevate as much as possible, which is not a bad thing. Um, we still have things that we can offer, which we we outside of camps or the elite athlete program, if an athlete wants to come out for a week or two, we, you know, almost like a recruiting trip, I would say we get them out here part of the the plan that we have going on get them into practices get them to see what we have to offer and hopefully that might spark a conversation for instead of two weeks maybe three weeks because uh they want to come out here and we get some different partners and it just gives you an opportunity to come out and be around the senior athletes and not just wrestling but other sports so you can see what other athletes are doing how they handle themselves how they go about their day-to-day day um, and it's really a big family here. Uh, even when I did have some athletes out, there was like boxing international week. So we got to go see boxing spar and they had a good thing going on. So, um, that's what I'm learning my time being here. I, I, you know, I go out and just kind of, it's nice when you're, for example, I was with the U17. If I could get all those guys here, that would be great. Right. Cause they're going to be leading the, hopefully leading the future. So, um, but that's a, a a big wish and a big ask. But uh, I'm confident that uh, with the upcoming Olympic year, um, you know, we'll have more athletes wanting to commit. So it's been it's been fun. It's something I like to do. And um, again, we're not trying to steal or hurt anybody. We're just trying to help out. And I feel like uh, whether it's the best guy or the next best guy somebody's going to take the opportunity and they'll uh they'll be thankful so do you have any kids that are spending a lot of time regularly out there right now yet i have three athletes here right now um and then who's we've that had, we got Quavel quantanali ethan friend and ej teskin uh quinell Quavel and ethan are both going to super 32 um so obviously they're they're seniors in high school. We still want them to get that folk style, get out in front of colleges, and then uh, we'll probably do the Cowboy Open. And we have to wait to see what UWW offers for U twenty, U seventeen um, for next year after World Cup. They kind of release that schedule, and then we'll try and get them overseas. Uh, and also, it's not like uh, so that's three beds. That means I have five left, and it's not like you know. It's like, hey, June comes. We need somebody out here. I could, if somebody said, hey, I, I think this is what I want to do. They want to come out here two weeks from now. We could do that. So um, I'll be going down to Super 32. And as I'm trying to help those guys, doing the same thing. Hey, want to come out to the training center, mm-hmm. spend some time. And um, again, I think really, uh, I think we'll have more athletes wanting to come out. Uh, a week here, a week there, because, you know, they have their teams at home and um, or they're on a great team or they're just trying to make history as far as be a four-time state champ or whatever, you know. So, um, and that's understandable. Can't be mad about that. Uh, so, yeah, we got three athletes now and uh, 
there's Greco has some athletes, women have some athletes. So I think at the training center in general, it's just kind of getting that, that whole program rolling again. Ben, are you going to cough up yeah. some athletes or what? Oh, man, I'm not. We had this conversation. He put me on blast. Um, you know, because Kevin Jackson wanted Keegan to come out, and I, I pushed back kind of hard on, on Keegan uh, on that one. I mean, it's many years ago, you know, like, hey, you know, I've been coaching you since you're 10 years old, and I, I would like to finish this before you go to college, and you do have good training partners. Um, he was actually in a situation where he was probably better than everyone in the room his senior year. But, you know, like I say, like a Sinclair now, or even a Mitchell last year, they got good guys they can go with. They got Mirasolas, Millard, Licked. I mean, we've got a ton, Mulvaney, right? Tons of good guys. So they're not kind of hurting for training partners. But I really would. And I, I sent one guy. It was kind of late notice for that August camp. But I got yeah. one guy, Jake Stoffel, to go out. And he really loved it. So I would really love to take advantage of sending my guys out there for a week or whatever. And, um you know, I think I think if you guys did that more often, I think our guys would definitely take advantage of it. And I think oh, yeah. kind of other clubs probably feel similarly. Um, uh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, because to your point, what you said about the U-17s and U-20s earlier, like getting re- to rub shoulders with the older guys and watch how they do it and watch why they're successful. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And so uh, yeah. do you guys need to live there to get that value? Um May, it probably couldn't hurt, right? But if they can just go out there like two weeks a year and they're they're watching the way the senior level athletes work, I think it'll be a uh, huge value to them. So uh, oh, yeah. I definitely want to send guys to camp. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of any of my guys. I like them all. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it, I'm curious, like what the you know what the ideal athlete for for that program looks like. And one thing Ben you said about Keegan was like, well, he he probably was ahead of a you know a lot of the guys in the room. But is that is that one yeah. thing? either one of you guys that you think makes sense for somebody like this is if somebody's way ahead of everybody else yeah, around them. Or I what, mean, oh, yeah. Not that, uh, Jim, I, I, I'll go for a quick second. And then James can give his answer too. Uh, is I feel like, well, number one, obviously I, I have faith in myself and coach Messenbrink and Max and right. We have a lot of good resources within our, our program here. And then we have a lot of athletes who are, are comparable to each other. Uh, a lot of college guys coming back. But yeah, especially if uh, if one athlete is way out in front of everyone else, and there's no one that can really compete with them in the room. And then number two, if a coach has technical limitations, you know, I mean, and in my opinion, a great coach is someone who understands like, hey, I'm limited here. Let's go use that next guy, right? So maybe an athlete isn't from the middle of nowhere in, we'll say, Wyoming or Montana or something like that. And he's like, man, I was a good high school wrestler, but you are you are exceeding my capabilities. Hey, go down and you know live at the training center, and you know James is way beyond what I can do. So you know, get get love from him. That type of thing. Yeah, I definitely would agree because um, that's that's basically if you're looking back, you got a guy like Kyle Snyder wrestling at in Maryland you know, and he's jumping levels there and he realized like, I need to get some good training in. And I think uh, a part of our USA wrestling era is the fact that we've kind of managed that aspect with the RTCs or with these clubs, AWA, um, Valium Prep and, uh, you know, Davis Club, they're all either got good partners, they have great coaches, and then they're relatively close to some RTC. So you have that, you're getting your your club, your age level wrestling, and then you're also still rubbing shoulders with some of the older guys. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like when you get to a point where you do have some athletes that don't have that necessarily around them and they're looking for that extra help or 
just that jump in training is where we're at now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I feel like we're in a good, good place and, uh, kind of like to Ben's point, I think we'll have more athletes come out here a week or two at a time. And, uh, I think I've been talking to some athletes. We have a camp senior camp in November, you know, we're going to get them out here for a little bit, just, it's a valuation camp for the seniors, but they get to see, you know, what that's like. And uh, my whole thing is just try to get them ready for that. Right. You bring them out. Like I, I met with the U17 team. That's what Bill does with the senior guys, get to know them. And I always tell people this is that Bill was my first coach back in 2013. So, and now really? he's a senior. Yeah. As far as my first yeah. world team that I made a uh, university team, he was a, the coach for that. So, wow. you know, and now here we are, 2022, he's a head coach. So those ongoing relationships, I think they help a lot. And I think Bill obviously would know better, but he's had he had Gilman, he had Zane, all on like the age level teams. So he's been around basically all those guys for a very long time since they were young. Yeah. Interesting. Ben, it was interesting to hear you say that, like about coaches recognizing their limitations. There's a an interview with Aaron Brooks that just hit the site. Um those guys out there talking to him and, and he said, I mean, that's basically what happened to him in Maryland. His coach was like, he told him, I think maybe even when he was a freshman, man, you're so advanced in wrestling. Like I, I'm, I may not ever be able to teach you a move. You don't know. I'll help you be a better man. And we'll, you know, try to find opportunities. And I think that was a big reason why his senior year, he went out to Colorado Springs and, and yeah. trained out there and had full support from that coach. So it's kind of yeah. cool. That's the best kind of coach though. Yeah. I mean, right. Uh, the oh, yeah. worst kind of coaches, one was got too much ego who says, Listen to me, I know it all, and they really don't, you know. And even me, it's like uh, we had Kendrick Maple come visit last week, and and him and Keegan are both doing this little like uh, catch the fake thing, you know. And it's like, so I'm like, hey, uh, oh man, I got you in the room. I'm gonna steal you because you are way better at this than me. You just show everyone what you're doing here, you know. And then I tried teaching it last week, and I'm like, oh, I kind of suck at this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, let me call him. So then, you know, I called him, and I kind of talked through all the issues. And then I brought it back last night. I'm like, hey, guys, okay, here, here's here's the two issues we were having. Here's how he thinks we can solve them. Let's go, you know? And so it's like, even though I achieve high-level wrestling, it's like, I don't have an ego about it. It's like, if he knows more than me, I'm going to go call him and say, hey, how do I do this? You know, like, I like what you're doing. Let me steal that. And I think that's, you know, that the best coaches. Uh, have the ability to put their ego aside and say what's best for my athlete or and i i think about it in the terms of son or daughter like for my daughter in soccer i'm not gonna fake like i know a lot about soccer <laughs> it's like if she wants to be great at it, i'm gonna go find someone else i'm not gonna be like alex i know what i'm talking about because i have no idea what i'm talking about yeah so yeah to uh to switch things back kind of to your competitive career, James, listener Jeff Baxter wants to know your most memorable match or moment as a competitor on the senior level. Um, my first bronze medal in Vegas because it was in front of my friends, family, and on home soil. So, you know, they didn't, my, I'm the only wrestler in my family, so they don't really get to – they didn't get to watch me wrestle, and for the long time they always – couldn't believe that I was still wrestling. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> for them to be able to come to Vegas and see me win a medal, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. Right. Yeah. Anything else? I'm good. 
Well, yeah, James, awesome having you on. Hey, do some more camps. I would, you know, you got me thinking. I don't want to put you put me on blast. So I'll, I'll turn you <laughs> over. Go ahead. Um, I would love to send those guys out for some camps. So, uh, you know, the more often you can convince USA Wrestling to put up some bed, I don't know if they got to put up some beds or put up some money or put up, I don't know what they got to put up, but uh, we'd love to send the guys out a couple of times a year. I think it'd be a oh, great yeah. appearance. Yeah, I, I think really too the the big issue and or not issue, but problem is that we go into that folk style season. So that people are like, oh, we're coming out here. We got to wrestle freestyle. Like now the guys here are getting ready for super 32. We've gone up to air force and they're doing folk style. So that's pretty cool for them. And uh, then when we get this time for freestyle, we'll, we'll get them going. So I think uh, that's a, another thing, misconception that people kind of get is like, oh, we're going to the training center. I'm trying to get ready for folk styles. Like, oh, we could do that too. Don't worry, it's all wrestling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, no doubt, we will definitely make it happen. Well, my my parents awesome. are in Colorado Springs. They got three empty bedrooms. I'm sure they you know they can all just stay there. <laughs> fine, there'll be no problem. <laughs> I haven't asked them, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right, James. Well, thank you for joining us thank bright you. and early. Oh, thank you guys this morning it. from Colorado Springs. You're doing a great job. Um, I think this summer was was evidence enough, so keep up the good work. Yeah. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. All right. All right. See you. See you, James. Talk to you later. Well, James, uh, he's a good guest, good coach. Uh, USC Wrestling, clearly in good hands. Um, I, You know what? I just went back to the doc uh, uh, after the interview, and uh, I'm seeing you didn't, uh, you didn't ask this question about ankle socks versus long socks. I think ankle socks are the best by far. They're the most comfortable, for sure. There's no debate about this. There's the least amount of material. And all these high school kids try to make fun of me, like, oh, it came to your socks. I'm like, listen, I don't give a damn. They're comfortable. I'm going to wear them, and I don't really care what you think. And that's it. Beat Just it, show nerd. them a bunch of uh, Russian videos. They love no, ankle they socks. Man, they're the most comfortable. Least amount of material. Why would you want more material? No one wants so, more so, material. Well, someone say break. that if you wear ankle socks, the shoe could come above the sock. And rub up and? against you. Nah, it's fine. Rudis makes comfortable shoes. Rudis <laughs> makes the best shoes. Guys, guys, listen. I don't. You know, I'm a Rudis guy, and I don't. I don't. You see some of the shoes they're putting out, though. Some of these other companies, they ain't even trying. Rudis, they're on fire. I saw these blue ones they put out yesterday. I'm like, ooh, those are nice. I already, but I already got too many shoes, so I can't ask them. Like, oh, I want one of those. And then the they brought these yellow ones. I'm like, I don't even like yellow, but damn, those are sexy. Wow, it's almost like Ben gets paid by Rudis. They get the snake. I told you I do, but they're still (laughs) listen. uh, Objective reality, they're so much better than the other ones. I mean, have you seen them or not, JD? I have seen. I have seen them. Yes, Rudis is putting out a lot of shoes. Tons, yeah, tons of options. They're definitely investing way more in the marketing of the shoes too. Like, you don't see very many uh, commercials or you know ads for other. They're going out and they're getting a lot of athletes too. Look at those things right there. I Tell me you got... don't want a pair of those, JD. I don't know. They're a little yellow for uh look for how, me. And then look at hold on, hold on, let me find a little mustardy. Look at the blues. This was my high school team's color, so I was kind of I'm like, wow, that's a nice looking shoe. I kind of that'd be good for like a, a North Carolina. They're they're Jumpman though. They they gotta probably stay you. loyal to Nike. They got that they got that that Slurpee in there. That was dude. That used to be a you know freshman sophomore year of high school after the after the off season practice, we'd just roll over to Seven Eleven grab a Slurpee. That was have to nostalgic you know i know some people are gonna like those those i'll give you listen those are a little too green for me i don't really well, love all i can green. see is the bottom from that photo well the, the whole thing it. uh there there's another pic see it's like right, once again i'm seeing thing. mostly snake there 
It's freaking green, okay? What else do you need to see? Hey, no, but those, those are, I bet those will be the most popular of the three. The snakes? They just Which me the one? Snakes. The greens? Yes. Nah, nah, blue or yellow for sure. Look at how many people I don't, love I don't like think, the those Adidas aren't the same shoe either. But those aren't the same shoe. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, those are different shoes. No, those would be cool. Try to find the other one I really like. Like now they're posting all these world championships. It, but it, it, it's good. Too, on too many JB posts. Too many Jordan Burroughs posts. I'm trying That's to find. That's just shoes. what I was about to bring up. They're clearly making a, a hard push. They went and pulled Jordan Burroughs away from Asics after he was with them for a decade. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. it would have been crazy to think about in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Jordan Burroughs being represented by Rudis. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, he's eating cereal. Oh, these out of that these are the other ones, the new Snyder's. That are, those are I don't think he that's black. The, uh, that's a Jordan Burroughs shoey. I don't think he's I, he's a big. I don't advise so eating cereal, cereal out of your shoe. Of that's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, that does look gross. <laughs> gross. My kid has those though. My kid really likes those shoes. The 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 purple ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those so. I don't know. Little little too a uh, little too much for me. Look at that. They got Spencer Lee in some shoes. Look at this, Spencer Lee in some shoes. Ooh, he went with the dragon. But I don't. Can he wear those for college? His college matches? He probably can't, huh? No, probably not. But international, he will. I bet. Mm, yeah, probably once he graduates at Iowa. Yeah, man, so many good Rudis. Shout out, so many good <laughs> shoes. Look at, we're putting all the good shoes up, Rudis, right now. Really, really doing Ben a favor I, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually trying time. to find. Uh, I'm, oh, these were the ones I'm trying. To, okay, last one. I promise I'll be done. I'll be done for this. You guys start with the ankle check up to this. Or they should be no, these check. ones right here, the Ali ones, and they're actually like I, they feel like real leather. I don't know. I didn't make them, so I can't say they're real leather. They look like real uh, leather, but they they, they look are like boxing so shoes. Nice. Call me when I the really snake look. shoes are made from real snakeskin. Well, right. so hold on, hold on, hold on. I, uh, hold on. One sec, one sec. Hold We're on, actually working on, on this. <laughs> Whoa, he's going to get the snake. <laughs> Man. Is he bringing out Miss Hiss? He might be going to get Miss Hiss. They got another snake in the mix. They got more snakes hold in the mix. More snakes in Iowa City? So during my ill-advised foray into boxing, Rudis was going to make a boxing shoe. Look at So it's the personalized Brutus boxing shoe. Boom, that's cool. Yeah. So look at that. Look at that nice USA. Yeah, I like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I don't Got think they ever. Made, I don't think they, I don't think they ever actually made them. Hey, Tyler wants to know if you're going to eat any cereal out of that shoe. That's how you. Prove Hell the real no! Worth of I don't like cereal in the first place. I don't know why you did that in the shoe. All right, get that's some steel the, cut the, oatmeal. The chewy thing that you referenced, uh, JD, where that dude drank beer out of a shoe. 
Tuvesa, Tuvesa, however you say his last name. Yes, I have pretty low grooming standards, and like I, you know, like people would say, like Ben, you're kind of gross on some things I do. I would never drink anything out of a shoe. That's gross. <laughs> that's, that's super gross. That's, that's where you draw the line. It's not like a new shoe. This is like someone has been wearing this shoe, and they take this shoe off, and there's like foot residue, and who knows what that person has been walking on today. Like this is this is beyond what I would ever consider. Ben Askren, noted man, not of the people. Yeah, he's not. He's it not gets drink. the people going. It's provocative. What? Drink it out of the shoeies. The yeah, people, the fans love the shoeies. Are worth it. There's some things that just aren't worth it. <laughs> I I, I honestly think it. that's why that UFC fighter gets. Uh, it's made him more popular. Drinking hmm. out of shoes. Yes. Oh, it has for sure. It has, and it's not worth it. <laughs> not worth it at all there's some things that are worth it not worth it he needs to carry it around like a like he only a... has to do it like four times a year you know like he should maybe he should do like where um and i don't drink beer but maybe he you know if he did where he like somehow stuffed a beer in there so it wasn't yeah. actually touching the foot residue and then you know put it up like that, he, that he's got to put a mole out in the crowd and make sure he gets that exact. Yes, shit. put a plastic like bag in there, yes. something, just yeah. something, <laughs> something, just anything, so you're not getting that gross foot sweat residue. I mean, oh, like when you, uh, I don't wear shoes a lot. No, when I do wear shoes, and they get all hot and stinky, like when your feet come out of there, you're like, damn, my feet are kind of gross. Ugh. Yeah, I, I get very sweaty you're feet. Gonna, so you're gonna drink wow. out of that? Oh hell no! <laughs> and then you got to put the shoe back on with whatever kind of beverage. Oh, you know? I didn't even, I didn't even think I about did that. Not even yeah. think about that part. That's terrible. That person's just walking <laughs> around Vegas with a soggy foot <laughs> all night. They should probably just go barefoot the rest of the night, and then probably they could probably sell because there's some weird people out there, guys. <laughs> I got there a funny one for you too. Hold on. I they didn't sell that shoe on eBay. Some dude freaking. Sent my wife this message, uh, and she's like, I make lots of money selling my dirty socks. Do you want to sell dirty socks? What? Yeah, there's a market. What? JD, are you buying my wife's dirty socks? I'm not gross. buying dirty socks. I'm like, Amy, if you can make a bunch of money selling dirty socks, whatever. Like, buy a new pair every day and just sell that stuff on Facebook Marketplace or wherever. <laughs> yeah. It's so gross. Some some people really love feet. Oh. <laughs> Gross, right? Yeah. Um, hey, shame, more shameless self-promotion. Live on Flow Wrestling this weekend, AWA Duels. That's right. Boom. We have some good matches. We got, uh, I know the, the Rainey Brothers from Kentucky are coming. We got teams from seven states. Uh, I know Munaretto, I believe. I saw him on a roster. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we got our AWA guys. One of the interesting things is Mir Solomir, Sol, and Sinclair are the same weight class this week because um, we got a whole bunch of teams, and no one ever has a lot of upper weights. So we went 175, 195 heavyweight, and none of them wanted to wrestle heavyweight. So they're there. So we got number five in the country, Cole Marisol, on on the third team. Unfortunately, wow, I know, right? Bad so, problems um, or good problems to have. Yeah, we didn't do wrestle offs. We did. Uh, it's a point based system based on how they did things last year. Uh, I was really cheering for one of them to go heavyweight because obviously, you know, they would do really well because they're all really, really, really good. Um, yeah, I think those are probably probably the best. I mean, so Wolbert's in there too, so he might mix up one of those guys. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other super high ranked guys that'll be there. 
I mean, obviously, some other guys on our, our team, you know, Mulvaney, Millard, Lick. I think Lick and Millard are roughly in the same weight class, so they might mix it up. Oh, Riddle just got bumped up. So Riddle and Mulvaney are both top 10, and they're in the same weight class, so they might mix it up too. Yeah, so, man, so a bunch of those guys are just tuning up for Super 32, huh? Uh, we actually don't have a huge content. Max is not a huge fan of uh, Super 32. Um, but Sinclair's so in, right? don't. Sinclair and they Sinclair and Mulvaney, they actually made me a bet. They said if they both win, I gotta wrestle in Midland. So oh, okay. I'm actually cheering for one of them to lose. Which one? <laughs> Whichever one needs to lose, I don't care. <laughs> um but the Rainey brothers are, are in at Super Thirty Two. And then uh yeah. yeah, Sinclair's in. So okay, that'll be cool. Yeah. Should be should be some good matches. Yeah. Uh let's yeah. see. I would really be I'm interested to... in that Sinclair Marisola match. Either Marisola. Yeah, um, Chris Moore is, uh, he's coming up. He's uh, number 17 right now. He's on, I don't remember which team he's on. He's on one of the um, uh, Illinois teams. Cool. So, yeah, should have a b- bunch of good dudes there. It should be uh, some fun matches. Um, yeah, nice tune-up for Super 32. Uh, for a lot of our guys, it's you know it's the bigger fall event because they get, they get six matches over the two days. Um, yeah, I love it. A lot of fun. Elsewhere in dual news, the international teams have all accepted their bids to the Freestyle World Cup, which is in about two months in Iowa City. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the U.S., Iran, Japan, Mongolia, Georgia, and an all-world team in men's freestyle. Japan, U.S., China, Mongolia, Ukraine, and an all-world team in women's freestyle. The two big questions I have about this are, like, who from Iran – Will they bring passports when they try to get their visas? Like, what? I think well, it what came do you mean? back. What does that mean? Well, if you remember about at the ballpark, one of them did not get their visa to come over, so none of them came. We were supposed to do USA versus Iran duel, and it turned into USA versus uh, legionary duel. <laughs> and it was, and it was also like they. They they did they they tried to get in, but like some of them didn't have their passports when they showed up to try to get their visas. I mean, it's like what? Yeah, uh, so that's what it what is uh what was reported, and I think that I can't remember if I read somewhere that came back up, and I don't know if it was Iran once again saying that if if the same thing happens, it'll be a similar situation. Yeah, or if somebody was just talking about it from about at the ballpark, but yeah, so that's where I, I feel like I'll. I don't know. I feel a lot more comfortable when we have those visas in hand and we know who's coming and all that when it comes to Iran. Um, yeah, also, yeah. Uh, little Yazdani, they they uh, they gave him some some major rewards. Did you see that? No, I they gave him like the world championship treatment. Oh, even in though, Iran? Yes, even oh, though he yeah. did not wrestle. Yeah, I mean uh, they realized it's prop- not his that's fault. Propaganda. And well, we'll finally get that match. We'll get to see because both Japan. And the U.S. will be in uh, at the World Cup, so hopefully, baby Yasdani comes, and yeah. uh, we can see exactly how he would have done at the World Championships, most likely. Yeah. The other question I have is who who are you know which of these mercenaries are going to agree to the all world team? Like who you know who's in? What I want that finalized too. What weight? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, we're coming to that. We're coming to the. Uh, um, that's going to be our ignition trip for our seventh and eighth grade group. So we we're bringing a big group. We're excited about it. Right on. I think I heard you talk about like 
what that means ignition trip back way back maybe on the uh show with with tommy but like what is, what is that what is that for people that don't know uh ignition trip it just means um it is uh like to get kids excited right so they see something and then they want to aspire to to be that whether it's uh you know so for me i could tell you mine were a high, high school state title when i went and first watched that i'm like oh that's so awesome i want to do that you know and then the olympics in 2000 i saw that and i'm like oh it's awesome that, that's what i want to do so hopefully uh getting kids to aspire to bigger things um you know last year we went to mizzou virginia tech and northern iowa duel we actually were kind of kind of we really liked the college duel thing but there was like i looked at it wanted we wanted it kind of late november early december and couldn't really find anything good in the, the midwest you know we're trying to go to minnesota northern iowa looking at a lot of different places and then uh just couldn't find anything we wanted to do but but world cup should be great ignition thing not an r kelly thing it's strictly wrestling <laughs> what <laughs> you're fired <laughs> yeah good old remix to ignition <laughs> oh my gosh all right let's get to some questions before we break for the weekend um i did i, I didn't forget last night almost did it i didn't ask until about 9 30 but i did tweet you out did for it. questions got some responses this guy, uh, PhD in training, Nick Newman, I don't know, but he asked me, hey, JD, do you know that KU beat Texas in football in recent years? I, I am very well aware. I don't know if he I did not know that, actually. They beat them last year. It they, it was incredibly hilarious. Um, I don't know why he came at me with this, but I'm still allowed to be sad when Iowa State loses to Kansas. But yeah. many are saying – that is why Texas and Oklahoma left the Big Twelve was the Kansas, the impeding Kansas powerhouse in both basketball <laughs> and football. Get out uh, while you can. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> Speaking of which, they played this weekend, the Red River Red River rivalry. Okay. Shootout showdown. I don't know. It'll be fun. Ryan Bauer looking at adding non D one matches to All Star Classic card like previously. Never so. say never. Um, it would take a uh, like a uh, a Travel type who I know did it, um, or someone of that caliber, a, a multiple time non Division One champion who could possibly contend. It, it would take somebody of that caliber. Well, we had you know back in the day we had guys that would compete in that event, but it was because it was in Iowa and and our college was in Iowa, so it was like, you know, I think it was probably more designed to engage like local fan bases mm -hmm. back then. And it was like a separate, it was a totally separate like undercard, you know, way back. Mm -hmm. So um, we had a couple guys from our team, Enoch Francois wrestled in that. And then we had another all American named Andrew Lundgren who did. And, but it was like, that it was like local. It was like, okay, they, there's like a D three all American and NAIA all American down the road. Like let's throw them in there or whatever. So I, I don't think right now for this year, there are no plans for that down the road. Who knows? But um not a lot of local, local mm -hmm. uh, smaller division programs here in Texas, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I know um, there was a Warburg guy, um, Byron Tate, who did it one year too, but he he was like a Midlands finalist mm -hmm. as well the year before. So it, it would take a very high caliber guy, but never say never. Never from never. the real Avery Lynch, who is the biggest impact player coming down and wait for twenty twenty four? I saw this. I said, how do we do? We know all of these things are happening. Well, Starachi is going seventy four. 
he said that in his interview okay. with Christian. I would assume Makai is going 74. Um, and didn't That's pretty wild. Argue. I mean, because uh, you look at Staraki, and he hasn't been that small in a while, correct? Am mm-hmm. I wrong on this? Or right. No, you're right. You are correct in this. He said he so was. So what was he, his redshirt year, which is, his redshirt year was now four years ago, right? Yeah, 2019-20, yep. And he was 174 that year. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that's like, what's your body? I mean, I, I, I had the experience. I was 174, and I went down to 163. And I can tell you, 163 day of, I don't think I could have done it. Like, I just, I, yeah, I was as lean as I could be. I was sucking a lot of water weight. Um, I got myself to where I could do pretty good on the day before. The, but the first year, like, I wrestled like dog crap. Because of the because of the weight cut, I mean, my body just felt totally sucked out. So for him to do that, and he does not look small at all to me. Two hour weigh-ins tough. too. Two hour weigh-ins, yeah, like two hour weigh-ins. Two weeks after NCAAs or whatever. I mean, that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to ask. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he mentioned his relationship with Aaron Brooks, um, playing a big part, and Aaron's gonna go eighty six, and they want to win Olympic golds together. So, okay. Um, so then, but I thought he was talking about fighting also. Was he not? He said like, and I I'm excited for that interview to come out, but he says basically he's going to win the Olympics in 2024 and go to fighting. Okay. And he's not, Got it's it. not, that's not a, that's not a maybe well, so that, from, from his perspective. That so is happening. If him and, in that, in that scenario, because I was pointing at, I haven't seen the interview. If him and Aaron went together, that means Aaron's going to beat out David to make the team. Yeah, yeah, of course. That, that's that's happening according to Strachi. He's going to beat. Jacob he Burrows. said that. Strachi's just going to. He's just going to. He said he's. He said he's going to make seventy four kilos. He's going to okay. feel good. He's going to have full energy. He's going to beat Dakin Burroughs, and he's going to win the Olympics. While watching it, he kind what? of had me going. <laughs> yeah. He, like, what did he say about Hullabull? So he so he said Aaron was going to beat uh, David also? Or did he address He didn't that? make that promise, but I think he believes that will happen. But he, he's just – when he talks about his himself and his career and his you know goals, he talks about it like it's definitive, like it's happening. It's that, like, that's how you got – honestly, listen, that's kind of how you got to do it. Yeah. You have to so, be a crazy person. You have to be delusional. Uh well, as I was trying to tell my athletes this the other day, like, um, you know, now my career is all said and done. But like when when I decided, when I, ignition event, when I saw the Olympics in 2000 and I said, like, I'm going to do that in 2008. Like I genuinely, with all my being, I believed it. Dude, I wasn't even an All-American. I was I was like, I, I went 0-2 the year before Fargo. That that later that summer, I would go like, I think I want to say 4-2. Like I did all right, but not like I wasn't placing, yeah. you know. And so, like, when I really – it's so delusional. It was so delusional, you know? You were an like, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, so I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm telling these guys because they're like, you know, uh, I'm trying to tell these high school kids. It's like, yeah, it was, it was a little bit delusional, you know, that, mm-hmm. that thought process. And even, like, you know, my redshirt year is like I lost 10 times. I'm like, I'm going to go win a national title next year. That's what I'm going to freaking do. Like, that's happening, you know? And it's like, but it doesn't make sense. I'm losing the freaking D2 and D3 kids. Or I'm losing the backups from Northern Iowa. How am I going to win? That's what I'm going to do, you know? So, like, you have to be – there's there's absolutely a level of delusionality. And I, I don't know, you know, from a psychological standpoint, obviously when, when people make it come true, it doesn't seem delusional. But there has to be 
I would have to say some people don't make it come true also because not all of my dreams came true. Like when I said I don't win the national title, like I made the national finals. I didn't win the national title, but compared to losing the Northern Iowa backups and D2 and D3 kids, like that's uh, a big jump, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's definitely some delusionality to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing like early matches between Dakin Taylor and, and Burroughs. It was like, these guys have no chance. Why do they like, why, almost like, why are they trying? And then it's like, well, now look at them, you know? Yeah, for sure. 100%. So we didn't even actually get to the question. Bigger impact player coming down in weight for 2024. Strachan Mercaius. Wait, so do we know RBY is for sure RBY then? at 57. Is RBY I, for sure going 57? I, I think this is a what if. I think this question is like if. A what if. I thought, if he does. I thought RBY might have publicly said he is. I can't remember. Dude, is he just, really that small? I feel like small? he can't go 65. Can he? 57 so fire because then you got him, Dayton, Seth will probably go down, you'd have to assume, right? Mm-hmm. You got Spencer Lee, you got Gilman. Suriano's oh merging how, and accelerating. Suriano, how much <laughs> fun are we going to have? We're going to have so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that'll be incredible. I, I think if those changes, you know, if those weight changes happen, I would say RBY is probably the biggest impact of those three. Yeah. P- partly be... because he's got to have a lot of – you know, a lot of opportunities to have felt Gilman. So, he, you know, he's probably familiar there. He knows what to expect. Um, yeah. That And that's the, that's the you know, that's the guy that's in the way right now. And it feels like Dake will be a bigger favorite over those two than Gilman or Spencer. And Burroughs, you know. And Burroughs, yes. Over. Yeah. Uh well, it's so weird. And then we talked about this the other day, though. Hold on. We talked about the Gilman thing um, where he didn't win the NCAA title, and now he's went on to, you know, be what, four time world medalist, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so I still think there's a little bit of us that thinks about him in the college light of, well, he never could win a title. He's not that, that good compared to these other guys, you know? But then you look at him and you're like, why? isn't he as big of a favorite you know i mean like who has he lost to recently that that makes you question him on the on an american circuit gross and sanders that's been a while now that was a couple years yeah then like what three or four years the gross loss was they didn't make 57 and Uh, and that was scored very weird it was like and that grounded so many times and i think maybe to me maybe 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 i'm not thinking about horse layered yeah, he got horse slayered. Maybe to me, it's not oh, like necessarily like maybe it's not a guaranteed impact player, but it's like a biggest mystery, like biggest question mark. Because we've seen we've seen Starachi on the senior level, and we've seen that at eighty six though. Well, at, and at seventy nine, well, like, and seventy nine, we've seen him at seventy nine, but we we kind of know where he is, and and so if he's gonna, sure, yeah, but with RBY, like we don't, and we we know that he and Gilman have wrestled in the room, like they've trained together, whereas. I, something tells me that Starachi and Dake are probably not going to get a lot of reps together in, right. in the NLWC room. That that's my guess. Sure. I don't know. So that's that's part of it is like that familiarity with yeah. each other, and then just the unfamiliar unfamiliarity with us watching RBY. It's like where where is this guy? We have no idea. I would once again like to remind everybody: this is only because there are six Olympic weight classes. So, although it stinks, there are some pros. No, for, fan, for fans, for fans. You were just talking about how awesome 57 for is going to be. For fair. Okay, fine. And it's so yeah, awesome because it sucks for the competitors. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right, from Sean Carroll. Was wondering if Bo Nickel keeps ending his fights early. How much does that speed up his path to a title fight? Like if he requires less recovery and injury time, does a 24-month path become more likely, become more like 12 to 15 months? Or is it a pretty set timeline? Yeah, uh, no, I would say, but there's, there's, um, I mean, yeah, that, that helps not being hurt in fights. Obviously. Yeah, you can do the Hamza thing and just, come back. I didn't absorb her. one blow. Yeah, but can... there's so many other factors, like, you know, with, with Chimaev, you thought he was going to probably move faster, and then it got corona. So with injuries, um, contract negotiation, fight falling out, um, like I got this young kid who won D3 national title who works for me, and, um, you know, like the last two, like it's the week of, it's been canceled because of an injury or whatever, you know? So it's like you just never know when this type of stuff's going to happen in mixed martial arts. Um, and, you know, the UFC does a better job than probably anyone else of putting replacements in of like, you know, if Bo was um, getting ready to fight and the opponent falls out because of an injury or whatever, they're generally pretty pretty good at replacements, but that, that stuff does happen. And then especially... The closer you get to a title shot, the less likely someone is to do that. You know, I mean, if if he's like, say, this fight coming up, I, I don't know when it's coming up relatively soon. I'm not sure when. Um, but if his opponent were to say 10 days ahead, say, hey, man, I hurt my ankle. I can't fight. Um, it would be relatively easy for them to find someone on that level to hop into that spot. Um, but once he gets, say, to be a top 10 and he's fighting, you know, he's number seven and he's fighting the number four, the number four falls out. They they do have kind of a hard time um, replacing those a lot of times. And then it gets pushed and, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of factors, contract negotiations, obviously, you know, as people get better, they want more money. A lot of things that can happen. Yeah. All right. From Sam Cooper out of Bo Bartlett, Shane Van Ness, Leva Haynes, Makundo. How many do you think will AA? Oh, wait, sorry. I'm at, where the hell is that question at? Where do you go? Towards the bottom. Towards the bottom. Oh. Bartlett, Shane Van Ness, Pacuna. Ooh, that's a great question. Wow. What? Mm. Let me say over-under at one and a half, I think, is the over-under. That's right? the over-under, yeah, because I, I think one is pretty pretty certain. Two is where I'm like, man, maybe. I, I don't well, think three. You, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, listen. Do I think all four have a possibility? Yes, I do. But I think that's like, a good question. It, it's a smaller possibility. You know, it's a low, lower percentage. Um, I think I'll, I'll go with one. I'll go with one. I think. Well, I think Van Ness is definitely possible, but we haven't seen him, so he's he's you know up in the air for me. Facundo is in such a deep weight that that's gonna be tough. Although, I mean, he, yeah, like you said, he could do it. He's good enough. I think Bartlett and Haynes are both in weight classes that have a lot of opportunity. They're wide open. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say two because all four have the possibility. And yeah. I think Bartlett and Haynes have, have doors that are relatively open. But we Although also we don't even don't know if they're know. using Haynes. Yeah, right. We don't know they're using Haynes. And Bartlett, we don't know how. Man, everyone's saying he was so small for 49. But I had someone else relatively who's in the know tell me, like, Bartlett was talking about how hard it was for him to make 63 kilograms or 63, 65 kilograms, which is a couple pounds above 141, you know? So, three point um, something. Yeah. So, I think we have to see how that factors in. I think people are taking, 
you know, it is fact that he's going to make it. And it's going to be easy. And I, I don't know. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. Uh, I can't remember who asked this. I thought it was a Twitter question. Maybe I just didn't put it in the doc, but somebody asked, uh, does Facundo only get talked about because he's from Penn I State? I saw that also. Um, yeah. He definitely I mean, gets a bump wrestling bump, for the best yeah. team in the country. But, I mean, he's also a multiple-time H-level world medalist, mm-hmm. was one of the top recruits. If I forget exactly what number he was on the big board. Um, coming out of high school, one who's number one competed in it multiple years. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, he gets a bump, but it, 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 he's not a a nobody who hasn't all american He's not just some random guy. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty. So he lost to Caleb Fish and Thomas Bullard last year, and John Martin Best. So you know, I feel like he definitely Ben gets was losing to bums too. I'll, I'll, yeah. Maybe he'll go I mean, on to win uh, two time Hodge trophies. Maybe we should maybe we should be talking more about him. Well, I I mean I guess I would say the difference with uh, the difference with me is um I wasn't you know, like I wasn't on his level in high school. Um so that's probably I would say the difference. But yeah, um he's definitely gonna bump because if someone else had the same resume their red shirt year, uh, I'm trying to look for his his best win was probably Evan Evan Barzak. Um and it was an overtime win. Um Someone else had the same exact resume, and they did not go to Penn State, and they weren't uh, a high-level high school guy. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be talking about them very much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. If you go to Penn State, people talk about you more. I mean, that just yeah. happens. Yeah. Sam Cooper asked another good question. Besides Max Dean, who's the most likely returning national champ to lose during the 2022-2023 season? Most mm-hmm. likely returning national champ. Now, returning lose. from – Last year, or can we include Shane Griffin? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Okay, yeah, well, so there's three. I mean, there. So what? I mean, the one way, the one way where it's obvious is you have Shane Griffin, David Carr, and Keegan all the same weight. So the, there's obvious that there's going to be some L's there. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know what I thought about last night? Um, fun early matchup. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa State are wrestling like. First weekend of the year. Oh wow! I believe right. Was it like you and November me five? It was Bader. It's Bader and me. Yeah, because Austin Gomez was on the Bader show two days ago. What time were us in Iowa State? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's gonna be that, the Midiverse car. Yeah. That should be yeah. fun. Yeah, that's that's an awesome match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd say someone in the one sixty one sixty five probably because Yanni probably not no one forty one. Uh, RBY probably unlikely. Spencer probably unlikely. Um, Suraki maybe, but not you know probably more likely than some of the others. But Brooks same as Suraki. Max Dean is probably above them. Yeah, Max Dean or one sixty five. Final answer. Okay. Is Virginia Tech going to collegiate duels? No, they are not. Okay. And remember, right. collegiate duels—they don't wrestle everybody, right? There's the two pools, and then yes. day two. Um, well, there's the, the two pools, but then there's two pools of two pools. Remember, so right. it was twelve. So, like, uh, for example, Iowa and Penn State were there, and there was zero possibility of the two wrestling. There were, you know, there was one here and one here, type of thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. From. 
Hasim Muhammad. On the good debate, surprise y'all, never mentioned on all these two arguments. One, John Smith lost in one of his gold medal tournament runs. And two, Kyle Dake will never have a winning record against JB, even if he beats JB 2-0 next Olympic trials. The John Smith loss uh, in the Olympics is kind of like, eh, because everybody knows at the time he knew he could lose and still yeah. make gold. Yeah. I also hear that brought up almost every time this, this, this every, discussion yeah, happens. Yeah, that's brought like, up like every single time. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You know, the one thing I was thinking about the other day is that, you know, John Smith, and I and I know I know the ideas were probably not going to take put any credence on it because you don't do it with, Dan Gable, and you don't do it with Kale Sanderson um, or certain other people here. But, you know, John went six for six and then retired at age, I believe, 28, I think is where it was. Um, you know, Jordan Stahl here grinded at age, I don't know, he's 33 or 34 or somewhere in there. Um, you know, like John surely could have won at least a couple more medals, you know, and maybe a gold. Um, but if he, you know, he goes as long as, Jordan, that's almost through the year 2000, right? He, he ended in 92 and he just continues to go. Um, I'm sure he's going to win at least a few more medals. Uh, but I'm sure we're going to discount that argument because we, like I said, we don't count Gale or Cable. Uh, Kale, I said Gale or Cable. That's hilarious. Cable uh, <laughs> or Kale, uh, you know, they won and then, then hung it up. Yeah. Yeah, there's always, always the what ifs. The Kale retiring from competing relatively early. Do you think at all that means that he might retire from coaching early, or that he just wanted to coach that bad? Um, I mean, yeah, I would. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired early at all. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think he probably has his eyes on Gable's record for. NCAA team titles, which is what, 17? 16? I do not know off the top of my head. I would have to so, go back so, and read somewhere in there. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. He coached, I think he coached 25 years, right? And he yeah. won like 17 or 18. He won nine straight. Um, yeah. It might be time so to. I, I, but Nomad did an article week, in 2019. Like, what else is Kale going to do? I bet he loves what he's doing. I bet he really thoroughly enjoys coaching. Um, you know, like, I don't know what's he going to do. I definitely do. don't think it's as hard on him. Physically and mentally, oh, as it sure. was on Gable. <laughs> no, he's got a great system around him. I I also heard like, I don't I don't remember where I heard this story, but and it and so who knows if it's true, but I heard that um, one of the not, I don't think this was a part of the decision for Gable, but I heard that that there was an experience that Gable had where a parent of an athlete came into his office and was like talking about the athlete, he was like here's what we're gonna do, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this, and and I heard that 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 kind of interaction was like the first time that Gable had interacted with a parent like that. And he, I think that kind of confirmed for him, like, man, things are changing. And the way that I've coached forever is, is this is not, you know, and for that reason I'm out. I think he, well, he, I think he was like, <laughs> I think he was like, he already knew he was out, but I think it was just more confirmation of like, man, I'm right. glad I don't have to, I can see this new wave of like parents and, and athlete relationships like coming and, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. And I wonder if there'll be like a, a lot, you know, a big like systemic shift like that or something where, I mean, I think with some coaches and even with some people, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think with some coaches and even you see at, like employees at the NCAA itself, they're just like NIL, no thanks. Like I'm out. And, and so if, 
NIL continues to develop or it becomes a bigger part of co- collegiate sports or money gets involved in more ways. I wonder if some coaches, maybe Kale, maybe not. Like, I wonder if that's a, a, an incentive to get out. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think he loves it. I think he, I see we talked about his interpersonal skills and how well he does, um, you know, keeping everyone on the same page. I, I bet he sticks around for quite a while. Yeah. All right, it's 9.30. Before we get out of here, a chess update from yesterday. No, not this guy again. Can I so, take a different direction? I was wondering, <laughs> JD, I don't want to talk about this dude and stuff up his butt. That's weird. Um, uh, do you guys know no, you've got, you got to see this picture. Tyler, you know the oh. picture. Pull it up. No, don't don't show what? it. What is this? He, he came out to a match. <laughs> They're scanning this man. Oh, my what? gosh. Dude, well, a, a report picture. came out. It's it's hilarious out because it's being reported by like the Washington Post and like <laughs> major news outlets. And so he had to come out. Like a report came out that said he had likely cheated over a hundred times. Oh, what? They're so scared. now he's coming out, and they gotta <laughs> scan him down. Oh hell no! <laughs> wow. All right, turn that off. Uh, JD, I was wondering, do you guys never get tacos anymore because uh, everyone else is downtown? No, because we go over to the other office afterwards oh, on so Wednesdays. They're, so they're over there. They're over there. They're, they're By the time you get over there, they're probably cold, picked over. Yeah, I got to oh, reheat them. Oh, man. I know. They're, 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 all the good ones were gone yesterday. I got stuck with the freaking Taco Bueno. Yeah. Better, better than no tacos. I, I'm not one to complain, but. It's what not the same. No, no, no bacon, egg, and cheese. No Don Chago. Yeah, it's not the same. No sausage, egg, Dog and cheese. Chago? What did you just call it? Don Chago. It's a good taco. It's got, it's got. let's see, beans, avocado, cheese. Bacon. Bacon. Yeah, it's good. Oh, all right. It's a good taco. But on that taco note, I think we're going to get out of here. I'll probably enjoy some tacos this weekend. I hope everybody at home has a lovely weekend. We got the weekend soundtrack on right now. That's right. Go enjoy it. We'll see everybody Tuesday morning. See you then. Peace.